Hello and welcome to the Alpha Omega Podcast. Yeah, baby. Sponsored. We don't have any sponsors this week. We are broke, uh, but that's this okay. Week. Uh, we take donations. We don't need sponsors. We don't need bro, sponsors because we do this for the joy of it. We don't pay for any of this. That being said, if you want to sponsor us. We Look, need the money, so I, I need lunch. Um, I don't know how I'm gonna pay for lunch, so so yeah. You can uh, flip a nickel my exactly. way. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, so we but, have a very special guest this week. Yeah, a very special, very special, very special. Uh, only here for a short time. A very short time. He's like a comet, you know. Like you, you got to be there. You got to. You got to be ready. You got to be ready for it. You yeah. Feel me. <laughs> um, so, if you want to introduce yourself. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Mitch Wagenheim. I'm originally from Lawrence, Kansas, but I've been blessed to have the opportunity to intern for the church here in Champaign up until the ICMC, which is around the 4th of July. So cool. very blessed. And, and your middle name is? Bernard. Bernard. Oh, Ooh. so so the whole thing is... All, all together. So all it's together. Mitch. It's uh, Mitchell Bernard Wagenheim. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's nice. That's a That guy's gonna run a... This guy's gonna run a company. <laughs> that is day. a solid name. Solid. That's very solid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could you could build upon that, you That's know. Right. It's a good, yeah, solid foundation. Solid foundation. Yeah. So, Mitch, uh, it's great to have you here in the pain. Uh, great to spend a few weeks with you, and uh, uh, while you get training and everything like that. Um, but we want to talk about what led up to you interning in Champaign. Let's go all the way back in time, all the way to the beginning. Where'd you grow up? What was life like at home? Brothers, sisters, parents. What was that dynamic like? Give us the whole the whole smorgasbord. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, I mean, if you want to start from the very, very, very beginning, I was born May 19th of 1997 uh, and then grew up for a few years. Don't really remember a whole lot from, you know, a good majority of that very, very early, early childhood age. Uh, but what I really start to remember is when I'm like six or seven, I start developing this really, really great relationship with my dad. We have a lot of interests that are extraordinarily similar. Our personalities are pretty similar. Uh, so getting to develop a, a strong relationship with him was a very, very good foundation and allowed me to sort of have that excellent relationship with one of my parents. And then I developed a better relationship with my mom. We'll, we'll get there as we move a little bit further forward in time. So my mom and my dad worked kind of different schedules. So only one of them was really home at a time. And my mom worked a lot like during the, like during the evenings or later or early mornings. Uh, so I didn't see her a ton growing up, um, until she started to get like a more, a more consistent job. And we started to, uh, get old enough that we could be left at home without, you know, them fearing of, of everything burning down and whatnot. Um, so when I start to get into, essentially when I start to get into high school is when things start to get, you know, significant or important in any way. Um, my dad and I continue to have an awesome relationship, but in high school I joined the debate team and my mom loves to argue just beyond normal belief, loves to argue and especially loves to argue with me. Uh, because for some reason, our political views, our philosophical views are just so far apart on so many things uh, that it makes it interesting to have discussions. And so that's one of the things that kind of helped to build our relationship is these very pretty much friendly disagreements, but they could go on for like four or five hours uh, just going over a whole random amount of topics 
which helped me very much as as like a debater um, and just as a person allowed me to become better at thinking, become better at critical problem solving and developing responses to, to questions in the moment instead of, well, hold on, let me get back to you on that. Because that was a very good way to lose one of our arguments is to be like, well, I don't know. You always know, even if you have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so then went through, went through high school and that was pretty much most of what I did. Um, in high school and even going back into middle school, pretty much all I did, I cared, uh, a ton about being a student. And my goal every single year or semester was to get a 4.0 or the equivalent. I was pretty good at that. Um, but didn't have a ton, ton of friends growing up, didn't have a huge social life, uh, which when I got to college and got baptized was one among many big changes in my life. So that whole, that whole set of things, uh, strong relationships with both my parents built off of uh, common interests or even in my mom's case, very few common interests and in fact, polar opposite interests. Uh, but that sort of set the stage for me going into into college and even through the rest of high school. Uh, my dad was very, very successful when he was uh, when he was particularly young. He went to an Ivy League school for his undergraduate, the University of Chicago for his master's in business. And then he worked on Wall Street for a little while. So he was very successful. And that sort of drove me to be even more successful uh, than him, which is actually motivated by first college major is I wanted to be him, but I wanted to be a better version of him. I wanted to make more money than him and go to a more prestigious bank. Um, that didn't obviously end up happening uh, as I'm here in Champaign interning for the church, not not on Wall Street making millions of dollars. Um, were your parents disciples or? No, they uh, were not and have not and have not become disciples. Um, so it's it's a weird dynamic. My dad was Jewish. Uh, and he was particularly devout when he was young, but he became less and less devout over time, uh, chiefly as he moved away from his mom, my grandmother, uh, who was very, very devout. Uh, as he moved away from her, she be he became less and less devout. And then he married my mom, who was uh, a Christian, but I would very much put air quotes around that phrase, Christian. Um, neither one of them were religious in, the, in their parenting. Uh, I grew up knowing only a tiny bit about Judaism and the bare minimum about Christianity in, in that um, there was a guy named Jesus and uh, he was killed in something involving a cross. It was quite literally all I knew um, about Christianity. But neither one of them uh, are disciples, nor uh, nor were they at any point. But they both had religion, air quotes. Gotcha. So how, how did they meet? Did they meet in college or was it later uh -huh. on? Good question. So my mom grew up in Chicago and my dad grew up in Philadelphia. My dad, after he worked on Wall Street for a firm that I don't remember off the top of my head, he moved to Chicago and he was working for just a different company there, a little bit less intense than Wall Street, but still making, you know, a good amount of money. And my mom was working for, um, I think it was the SEC at this point, Securities and Exchange Commission, like branch in Chicago. Uh, and this was a, a time before a lot of digital stuff. So you'd have to take like microfilm and financial records over to the SEC. And my dad was actually one time like the errand boy or someone who brought this over to, um, to the SEC. And that's where my mom was working at this time. And she was the one who kind of received and dealt with a lot of this stuff. So they actually met uh, because of their jobs. Uh, it's kind of a weird story, but very, very interesting nonetheless. Okay, awesome. Uh, 
that's kind of funny that they met in that way. And I'm, I'm assuming your, your dad was just like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to just go for it. And like asked her out on a date or something like that. Or, um, I don't off the top of my head. I don't remember the exact story, but it was not a like crazy quick process. Uh, it took a little while. He, he kept going back because that was part of his job for a while was to go back and to deliver these financial records, which for the SEC and for investment banks have to be delivered like freakishly often, especially at the time before digital records where the SEC could go and look in and see what a bank was doing at a particular time and see if they were doing anything illegal. But, uh, it was actually kind of a long process. Uh, it was maybe a year before they started going on like, real real dates and then after that it was a couple of years before they were married and then once they were married they lived in chicago for a while and then my dad got a a different job in kansas city he decided to leave the world of finance and move into the world of marketing which is less lucrative but not 100 hour weeks not 80 hour weeks and when you're newly married uh, and when you're young and you know not struggling a ton financially it's much easier to go into a job like marketing where you can have some fun and enjoy it without having to work your tail off all the time. Right, right. So this uh, split in religious beliefs or this this difference, really. Yeah. Um, had they ever talked about uh, that being a struggle or how they made that work or, you know, what, what their thoughts were on it at all? I mean, did, did you notice that growing up? You're like, these believe different things. How, how does that work out? Yeah, it's, it's a good question because most... Most couples who are really devout in their religions and have these these views that are very different, uh, and in modern times, modern Judaism and modern Christianity are not very compatible, but it was not actually a huge issue for them. It was kind of bizarre at their wedding, uh, as they had both a a priest and or or a minister or whatever the exact terminology is for uh, my mom's particular branch of Protestantism and a rabbi. So it was it was an interesting wedding ceremony, I'm sure. But it was not a huge issue growing up. They became less and less religious when they were in Chicago. And then when they moved to Kansas City, uh, they were even less religious at this time. It was more just a personal belief. It's like, you've got your, you've got your view. I've got mine. And that's it. So there wasn't really a, a huge split growing up, but it did lead to this absence of any form of religious education. And also coupled with their view of, we have different religions. It's not up to us to choose for choose for Mitch so we're going to let him pick whenever he like whenever he wants to which is very very polite very hands off but very not helpful from my point of view growing up knowing absolutely nothing about major religions of the world in fact major aspects of my family heritage was not an effective strategy to grow up and learn things wow yeah so uh do you have any siblings or are you just a Yes, I have uh, one younger sister who's uh, four years younger than I am. So it'll be very interesting uh, next year in uh, t- May of 2019. She will graduate from high school. I will graduate from my undergraduate degree. So it'll be a rough week for my parents because it will probably happen in the same week. Like I graduate on a Sunday and she graduates on, on a Wednesday or something like that. Wow. And how was, how was that growing up with a, with a younger sister? What was the dynamic there? Um, it was, it was interesting. It's, it was really, really good for a while, especially when we were, uh, really young, when there wasn't like a huge amount of difference between us. We just became, you know, really great friends. We had fairly similar interests, I would, I would say. Um, and as she got older and into the early years of being a teenager, she just went, uh, her interests and my interests just like went very far away from each other. 
And so that kind of damaged our relationship almost is that we were not, not as close as we were before. We were not as great friends as we were before. Um, her personality grew to be very, very different than mine. She's far more social, far more energetic than I am, especially in my pre-disciple times when I was, uh, very boring and very unenergetic, uh, to a very high degree. But growing up, it was an awesome relationship for a while. And then she started to, go way far away and then she's she start our relationship is starting to get you know more and more uh close again because she's she realizes that i'm not a total idiot i've helped her through trying to study for the act trying to think about going to college uh some of her classes are the same classes that i had and some of the same teachers which is always funny but we've started to to get more and more close as our interests became uh closer like i've learned to be kind of interested in things like fortnite because she loves this game, like beyond a normal degree. Your sister That's loves awesome. Fortnite. Yes, <laughs> Do, like she plays it, or she yeah. just often. That's awesome. What? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, she does. She plays Fortnite at a at a level that is a little bit bizarre. Uh, she's actually even gotten my dad into playing Fortnite now, which is a hundred percent not what I expected. <laughs> wow. Uh, he's he's not a huge video game person in general, and. Fortnite just seems a little bit silly, I guess, for him. Um, but he plays it. He's admittedly not that great at it. But my sister has helped to make him less awful. That's yeah, awesome. Fortnite's really silly. <laughs> I just want, want to make that clear. It's like, a good yeah. stress. Well, I don't know. I get real stressed when I play that game, so my, I don't know if it's a stress relief. But I start sweating <laughs> my heart. When I, when I realize I'm like in top five, I'm like... Don't mess this up. <laughs> Don't you dare mess this up. Yeah. And then I do something stupid. And then you mess up. And then I mess up and then I lose. Yeah. Then I'm like, all right, we'll just play again. Yeah. It's the kind of stuff that happens in Fortnite. <laughs> it's the cycle. Okay, cool. So you would you would say that up until high school and college, you were pretty academically focused, yeah? Yeah, very much so. All the way through high school, it was extremely academically focused. Um, because that was definitively that and, and competitive debate. Those were my idols. Those were my gods in high school. Uh, and I was pretty determined to appease both of them all the time and everything else was just whatever, don't care, moving on. Gotcha. So what happened in college that made you kind of, you know, switch on over to something better? Uh, that was definitively becoming a disciple, uh, going to church and seeing real, true relationships where people are actually interested in the lives of one another in a non-superficial way was a great relief. Because most of the people that I knew in high school, uh, I knew only on a surface level, and they seemed to really only be interested in getting to know a lot of people on a surface level. And that was just something I thought, this is stupid. Why, why would I waste time and energy to get to know you on a surface level and then never go deeper than that? Um, that and a whole bunch of pride issues and self-righteousness issues uh, that most of the people in high school that I knew uh, were definitively hypocritical in at a, at a level that is probably tremendously unfortunate. But so they, they would say they were one thing. Chiefly, they would say they were Christians, but their life would very much show that they are not. Mm. And seeing people who lived out and practiced what they preached, uh, sort of challenged that mindset. And it was not so much that I had rejected um, getting to know people. It's I had rejected getting to know hypocrites and then finding out that there were people who weren't 
and people who could actually hold deep conversations and had personal values and some integrity was awesome. And to get to know some of those people in the Lawrence Church has been amazing. And then all over the country as well. Cool. And how did you how did you transition into that? Like, did someone reach out to you or were you actively looking for a church to go to? Ah, it's a, it's a good question because I was sort of actively reaching out for God in sort of this almost subconscious way. But, and we'll get to that with the story of, of conversion in a little bit, I'm sure. But I was not looking for a church. As I, at that point, I definitively would not call, have called myself a Christian because I didn't know anything about being a Christian. I didn't know what the cross was. I didn't know uh, about his, his salvific mission and his, uh, his sacrifice. I didn't know any of that. So I was looking just for just about anything. As I, I was invited to debate on KU's debate team and decided not to because I knew I wasn't going to do it for the rest of my life. And I figured, well, I'm already an assistant coach for high school debate. I'll just stop debate now and then move on to whatever it was that I wanted to do, which is be an investment banker at that time. Uh, so I have this giant hole of like 60 hours a week that I need to go fill with something. So I go over to the Union Event Fair. It's called Union Fest at the beginning of the year. And I'm on campus for like two days before this, just moving in and dumb freshman stuff, uh, orientation. And so it's actually as I'm leaving, the three disciples walk up and essentially say, do you want to go to church? And I say, what? Yeah, sure. And I have no idea why I say yes to this. To this day, I have absolutely no idea what prompted me to say yes. But I did. So I was I was reached out to on campus. So cold contact evangelism does work. Awesome. We got living proof in the room. That's right. <laughs> cold yep. contact works. However awkward and unpleasant it is, uh, it's a really good idea. That's great. And so from there, you came, you saw the church, you saw what you talked about earlier, right? Those people who were genuinely interested in each other's lives. And um, so I'm assuming, was it just that first service you came to? And then you were like, I need to figure out what's going on. Like, I need to figure out why these people are the way that they are. Yeah, that was that was a really big part of it. As I walk into, actually wake up that Sunday morning thinking, do I really want to go to church? Like, it's 10 in the morning. I would prefer to just be sleeping. Uh, classes are going to start. I'm going to get into a ton of work. Like, I don't, I don't really want to go that much, but I eventually kind of talked myself into going. And so I just go ahead and, and get up and drive over to the church building. It's like five minutes, something from campus. And I'm like, well, that's at least promising. So if I, if I like decide this is awful, I can go back really quickly. Um, it's not a huge drive, not super far out of the way, but I walk in and people are like, it's the broom is just full of people. They're not standing like stone structures. They're actually standing like people and they're enjoying the music that's, that's playing. I, I walked in like two seconds into the first song and it's just ridiculous. Everyone's like singing at the top of their voices. They're happy and passionate. And I'm just totally taken aback. I have no idea what to do with this environment. So I go and I sit down and um, I have no idea what the words to any of these songs. I don't know the melodies. I don't know any of this. Um, for the record, I'm also a abysmally bad singer. So I'm like, this is not what I expected. Um, but I kind of enjoy it. I'm like, this is okay. And then sit down and 
and hear a, a really good message that I don't even remember what it was about. Um, but it was this good combination of open up your Bibles because this is a church and here are some good lessons that you need to know. Um, this good combination between biblical truth and not like, purely academic things was not what I expected. I expected it to either just be the opinion of the preacher or someone getting up there and reading for four hours. And that good combination of them was really, they all combined to make me go, hmm, what is it that these people have? Why, why are they like this? Because I've never seen a group of people like this before. So what do they have? And at this point, someone uh, comes up to me and not one of the people who reaches out to me, mind you, someone else. And it's like, do you want to study the Bible? And I'm like, okay. Uh, Y'all talked about the Bible, and study is a good word in my mind. So I'm like, <laughs> done. Um, and to get to spend more time with these awesome, these these pretty amazing people, uh, more or less within reason, any question that they asked, I would probably have been like, okay, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Good stuff. That was from there. Do you remember who who asked you to study? Yeah, so it was uh, Jake Mitchell. Oh, Jake Mitchell, great guy. And he was the one who who led my studies, uh, which was great because I think that more or less, if anyone else had led those studies, it probably wouldn't have gone as well. Awesome. And so, like, how how did those go? What were they like? What really stood out to you? Um, if there was like a turning point, like a moment in the studies where you were like, "Oh snap!" I I really believe this and I really want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, I don't know how, how the studies go. Yeah. So I had been exposed to essentially none of this before. So even, even the seeking God study was all just incredibly new to me. And actually kind of an entertaining story that I think is almost maybe not the turning point, but it's definitely a, uh, a paradigm setting moment and it's the very first moment of the seeking god study um opens up with so do you have any questions not a good question to ask someone <laughs> um it, someone whose like entire past four years has been about let me ask questions that tear down your your argument and your beliefs oh, um so the very first question in my very first bible study is uh, the book of genesis says that the earth was created in seven days Science says four and a half billion years. How do we reconcile the two of these? Um, so opening with a nice chin-high fastball. Um, Jake Mitchell, with almost like no hesitation, as if he knew that question was coming, just answers in a, in a snap, um, the Bible's not a history textbook. It's not a science textbook. Uh, don't read it like that, essentially. And just because it's it's Jake Mitchell and his his confidence, he has this air of wisdom, if you don't know him. Um, he's a very, very smart guy, very, very dedicated guy, uh, and just has a ton of, of wisdom. And he carries himself in a way that's confident, but not prideful. And he answers this question without hesitation. And for some reason, I just accept it and say, okay, I can live with that, that framework. Um, we go through the rest of the Seeking God study, no problems at all arise. And it's like, yeah, um, I do really want to seek God. There's not really much that would uh, would prevent me from doing that. And another weird moment is when we get to the, the word study and um, we go through the Berean challenge. And they're like, 
go ahead and, and read and like see if what we're doing is right. And this is this is a solid challenge to me. And I'm 100% down with, okay, let me see if you guys know anything about what you're talking about. So I do. I go back after every study and I go back through and look at the scriptures again, look kind of a little bit above and a little bit below for context and see is, are these people just cherry picking or are they actually giving an accurate biblical view? And they would all, they're always an accurate biblical view. And that helped to build up to um, the later studies when we get into things like repentance. When I know that they have, they've been right all along and there's nothing they've said that I'm even remotely concerned about, that it's easier for me to trust them as we get further along. And I think probably the defining moment was the sin study. We're It's after like a midweek or something at the church building. Uh, and we go down into uh, like the basement. We have these, these large rooms there. Uh, we just sit down at a table and we go through the sin study. And I have this sinking feeling as, as we get to the like, you need to confess your sins part, like going through scriptures about confession. And I'm like, they're going to ask me to talk about my sin. And they do. But before that, they blow my mind and talk about their own sin. Mm. I'm like, what? This is this is really real. Like you all are actually like you have no I you have no control over what I do with this information. Um, like I've been around y'all for like two weeks. I, I know like who you are. I could do anything with this information. And they're just they just give it all without hesitation. I'm like, that's really when it kind of clicked for me. These people are for real. Um, and then following that up a couple of days later with, with the cross study, that's when everything just sort of solidified. And I'm like, whatever needs to happen to resolve this iniquity between me and God needs to happen. And that's when the studies start to get um, faster and faster. So instead of like the traditional, oh, let's meet in a week or let's meet in a couple of days. Uh, it's like, can we meet tomorrow? Can, can we keep going uh, and talk about this? And that's sort of at the end of the cross study, but based off of all these previous almost turning points that it just clicks and I'm like, let's go. And we do. And then it's like maybe a week from the cross study, maybe, that I end up getting baptized. Awesome. Wow. When, when was that? Uh, when was I baptized? Yeah. September 11th of 2015. All right. That's awesome, man. Uh, it's a lot of really great, just it, it's a great story. And I think it's super helpful for everyone listening, um, hearing that the the character and the knowledge of the people that studied the Bible with you, like made such an impact on you mm-hmm. uh, and how devoted they were to the word. Um, it matters. Like it really, really matters. And it really changes people's minds when, uh, you know your stuff, and uh, you also have the character that the Bible talks about. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, I think that's honestly, I would I would go so far as to say the most important part of any study series and of studying the Bible with anyone is that you have to know your stuff, but you can't just just know your stuff. You have to live it out. Uh, openness, vulnerability, and even challenge. Like if I said something that was wrong, which, I mean, I did a few times that I just either didn't get something or just misinterpreted it or went beyond the scripture trying to give like the religious answer. They were like, good answer. 
Now, what does this say? Like, what does the scripture actually say? That combination of being willing to correct someone that you're studying the Bible with and your own character giving you enough of enough of almost like weight behind that to to make that work is is awesome. And it's so important when you're studying with people. Um, I'm pretty sure that I would not be here uh, or even a disciple if all of those things didn't happen. And um, amen, I'm here, but it's sort of a, a challenge to, to everyone listening that uh, if your life is not a life that will make someone who's studying the Bible with you uh, wants to get baptized, if your life is not uh, enough of a life worthy of imitation, then it doesn't matter how much you know. But um, if, you, if your life is worthy of imitation and you don't know anything, that's equally as bad. But having that balance is, a, is incredibly important and will make the difference in a tough set of studies. Um, obviously, like getting baptized, making the decision completely changes like your perspective on life itself. Um, and so I was kind of just wondering how that uh, decision and uh, you getting baptized, how that affected your perspective on school. Obviously, continuing to be successful is important, but uh, and kind of like your career. What? How did that kind of change after you got baptized? Excellent question, um, and leads to probably one of the more entertaining aspects of my disi- discipleship so far. So my perspective on school didn't really change. I was going to be excellent regardless. Viewed it as honoring God, and that was doing poorly in school was out of the question in my mind. Um, my career, on the other hand, changed fairly drastically. Um, as I started to, as I was starting in the Bible study series, um, I just read like random other verses. Um, and I knew that my motivations for wanting to be a business student, which is how I started at KU, uh, a freshman admit to the School of Business. And I knew that that was not okay. Uh, nothing inherently wrong with business. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that why I wanted to go into business was exclusively to make a lot of money. That's 100% of the reason why I thought business was fun or enjoyable is that I thought I'd be rich. And that was not okay. So I repented of that very quickly. And I decided that I wanted to go into the medical field, which is about as far away from being an investment banker as you possibly can. Um, This went well for maybe a year, and then I realized that as we get into really tough subjects, um, more advanced organic chemistry or more advanced biology, that I just simply don't have the natural intellect on that side to make that an effective and fruitful career. Uh, So then I have this huge, like, well, what am I going to do now? Because there were sort of two things that I'd wanted to do my entire life, and that was be a historian. I loved history since I was probably like six or seven years old. And then an epidemiologist, which is someone who studies diseases and how they propagate through populations. Uh, It's amazing. It's super, super interesting. Um, But I realized that sort of that medical side, while I was interested in it, I just wasn't good enough at it. Um, My parents were historically not interested in me being in a a history profession or anything because they don't make a lot of money. And that's just the natural parental inclination that you want your children to not not be poor and not be destitute or homeless or anything along those lines. So they were, I knew in the back of my mind that they would not be happy with this, but I, di- I didn't care that much. So after, after my unfortunate year of, of wanting to be pre-med, um, 
I wanted to, to go into neuroscience because I took a, uh, a really cool neurobiology class, which was actually also a graduate school class. I realized this when my chemistry TA walks in and sits down as a student and realize this is going to be a rough year <laughs> because this class meets for three hours, one day a week, Monday night, and the professor has a thick accent. So when he's going through lots of complicated small parts of the brain uh, in like embryonic growth stages on day one, and I have none of this background info, I am freaking out. Um, end up doing very well in that class. So I, I think that I can be in neuroscience for a little while, and then that doesn't go well either. Uh, that's certainly not where my natural aptitude is. So I realized that I was working far too hard and not being able to spend enough time doing anything that isn't school for those classes and those major paths. Um, so then I move into, uh, then I actually go to the first MIT program in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. Here, here, Jason Alexander <laughs> talk for, for four days, which at the end of it, I, I wasn't sure that there was anything left possible to learn about the kingdom of God or the old Testament. Um, Spoiler alert, there is, there is a lot still to learn, but that's when I, that's when it sort of clicks for me that, that, that is what I want to do. Uh, so I go off and go back to KU and start, uh, thinking about, uh, being a history major because, uh, the religious studies department at KU is, uh, mediocre in the extreme. I took the one class that's about Christianity and it was Everything that was wrong with Christianity. Wow. There were tests where I literally had to go, this is the right doctrine, which means it's the wrong answer for these exams. And that was, that was a rough class. Did not enjoy it. But, and I, I just decide, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. Then I go to the Chicago MIT and realize, hmm, this ministry thing might also be an enjoyable career as well. Um, so those are sort of my two career options now is that I want to teach people the Bible, whether it's in like college classrooms or as a campus minister, I don't really necessarily care which one of those happens. Um, ideally, both of them will happen. So ideally, I can go get a like a PhD in religious studies, work with the campus ministry, work in campus ministry full time for a while, then go off and be be a teacher, work for universities and whatnot. So my career path has gone on a very long arc of various changed majors and somehow, praise God, I will graduate on time with all of this. Awesome. That's crazy. It's a fun it's been a fun story to live through. Yeah, I bet. And just essentially like every semester being like, all right, what what's this semester's major of choice? Right, right. That's cool though. I mean, you you have the discipline, the work ethic, and just the uh ability, you know, the whatever you want to call it, to to explore all these majors and still do well in all of these classes and, uh, you know, not, not have to like fail out of one major and, and go to the next one, you know? Um, I think, I think that's awesome. You know, that's a huge testament to, um, uh, just your work ethic. And I think even how, uh, God has carried you through this time and helping you figure out what you want to do with your life. That's pretty encouraging. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, encouraging, um, so, Mitch, on any given day, what is something that the people here in Champaign, uh, the the good Champagnians, That's right. <clears throat> what could they do to encourage you? Hmm. 
That's a particularly good question. Uh, and, and I don't think there is a simple answer. Um, I mean, I think that the, the answer that I definitively should give as an intern, as, an, as a staff member, is go out and evangelize with me. Um, because, I mean, I think, I think that is good. And evangelizing is, is very important. Going out on campus is tremendously important. But I think just, um, I think just about anything. Uh, being in Champaign, the people here so far uh, are just inherently encouraging, and being around them is an encouragement. Wow. Hey, let's go. Big ups. <laughs> Big ups from Mitch. Yeah, the people in Champaign here are, are very awesome, as, as uh, my experience has shown so far. That's great. I'm glad. Yeah, that's awesome. So just, just hang out. Just say Whatever hi. Whatever you want. Pull him in. That's right. Do whatever. Go go get Oreos and have a fun fun, fun time. snack time. Yeah. <laughs> have snack time with Mitch. Snack that time, sounds great. That, that could be that could be a that's thing. a new podcast right there. Snack time with Mitch. Snack time with Mitch. All right, be be on the lookout <laughs> for snack time with Mitch. We'll we'll go through different snack foods. Uh, that that'd be great. Oh my god, you hear that? Is there a parade going on, bro? I just hear like a little tip tap of of drums going on. Is that? Is that the uh, Centennial Drumline going? Oh no, it's drums. It's the fire round. fire round. All right, here we go. You ready? Get loose. Get, Get loose. All right, Mitch. Are you, you ready for you this? Loose? We'll find out. Okay. Light, you got to be lightning yeah, you fast. Gotta be, you got to be lightning light fast. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. Spotify or Pandora? Spotify. Country music or anything else? Anything else? Purple or green grapes? Green. Cool Ranch or Nacho Cheese Doritos? Cool Ranch. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. Cake or pie? Pie. Caramel. Caramel or caramel? Caramel. Dine-in or delivery? Delivery. Iced coffee or hot coffee? Hot coffee. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Sports or arts? Sports. Ketchup or mustard? Ketchup. Caleb or Esther? (laughs) Caleb. Rain or sun? <laughs> what? Rain or sun? Sun. Spoon or fork? Fork. Nike or Adidas? Adidas. Mm. Wow. Oof. And that was really quick. So those were the easy ones. Those those were the easy ones. Good. We, we, we like the these next two. These we next like to, two are we like to simmer them down, you know, because they're you, you got to think about them. You got to really because these these will make or break our relationship. Um, yes. And I don't want to put a lot of pressure on it, but that's kind of how There's how no works. right answer, but there is a wrong answer. Exactly. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so Danimals or Nusa? You're aware of the yogurt? You're, 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 I am not aware of okay. this. Okay, um, so they're both kinds of yogurts. Yes. That's all we're going to tell you. Exactly. Between the two, Danimals yogurt or Nusa yogurt? Uh, given that I've only heard of one, I will, I will go with Danimals. Oh, yeah, baby. Let's go. I don't care if it's a technicality. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. And this this one is so vital for you to get right. We've had a lot of people let us Ooh, down. A lot of people. Um, okay, here we go. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Oh, yes, Mitch. Yes. Yes. He's, he nailed it. Nailed it. it. Without hesitation. Even Caleb Rester, I mean, that... That's a that's, that's hard. That's, that's hard. 
Yeah, it, it is a hard question, but there is a answer that is better and an answer that is worse. Exactly. You know. Oh, wait, about Caleb Rester or on, pancakes? On the pancakes or waffles. Oh, okay. <laughs> I definitely thought you were talking, you were talking no. about Caleb Rester. No. Oh, yeah, no. Both, both Caleb and Esther are awesome. I, I just know Caleb a little bit better. That's exactly. that's fair. he can he can communicate. That's fair. He can also work a little bit. You know. Yeah. What I mean? He he can open doors for you. Right. He could also say door. You know. Like door. He could also <laughs> walk. <laughs> Don't worry, Esther. You, you're gonna get you'll there. Get there I cannot wait until the moment you start walking. It's gonna be. Um. That's about it. I right? think. I think uh, we have reached the end of our the time of together. Uh, Mitch, thanks so much for yeah. coming on. Uh, you have a very unique, interesting story, yeah. and I'm uh, so glad we were able to take a little slice of it. A yeah. slice. Thanks for having me on. Uh, the fire round was particularly enjoyable, um, <laughs> and I enjoy hearing more about this yogurt controversy. Someone will have to explain it. We'll, we'll oh, don't in, worry. Yeah. yeah, we'll fill you in. You know, hey, sports or arts was a little difficult for you. It was. Both of the both of them are very good. Um, I'm a huge fan of the arts, like real arts. Um, oh, real arts. Real arts. Yes. Not, None not of that, that fake stuff. Not that bro. macaroni stuff you None put of on that the mumble fridge. rap. That ain't art. Mumble rap ain't art no. at all. That's just... That's mumbling. Mumbling. You, you gentlemen are 100% correct on that. <laughs> um, but traditional arts like um, painting or even, even the art of, of excellent writing, both of those are... Anything in the classical arts is inherently amazing. But... Sports are also very good, so I think I will default to that, but not by much. Nice. It's well, a it's a hard question. It's hard for mm-hmm. some people. Well, yeah. um, join well, us next week. We'll interview Maya. The other the other. Well, don't promise that, but we'll, we're going to try to interview Maya. Yeah, we'll try. Yeah, she's a very busy. She's very busy. She's the other intern. Yeah, she's, so she's very, very busy. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Adios. Have fun until then. Did you just salute? <laughs> they can't see that, Andy. They, no, they can't. They can't. Bye. <laughs>